Good morning, everyone. Um, not so much a message this morning. I've only got a few minutes because uh, we really want to have a look at our missionaries and have a pray for them. But I hope it is encouraging. Uh, I will be spending some time on this good-looking fellow with the glorious beard. Um, he is the founder of our organisation, A.B. Simpson, and he was far from a perfect person. And uh, I don't, as I speak, I don't want you to think that I'm holding up A.B. Simpson uh, this morning, but Jesus. But we do need to really understand what he was about because he did start our denomination. And there's a lot of negativity around denominations, but denominations are great because they can really focus on, on different things and we can all work together as, as a part of the body of, of Christ. And hopefully you find this morning uh, informative and you have more of an idea about what the CMA is, but you're also, uh, yeah, you can be encouraged and maybe even challenged. I know I was challenged um, preparing this this week. Uh, so this morning you did work into a CMA church, and I think often we don't realise that uh, we are a domina- denomination and that you've walked into a, a church with a particular mission and a focus, which I think sometimes is a really good thing. It's really good that you come to church and it's all about Jesus and it's all about the Word of God, and that's fantastic. Uh, but this week we are focusing on mission and we have mission in our name, the Christian Missionary Alliance. So A.B. Simpson, to understand the movement that is the CMA, you really need to understand this guy. And when you understand this guy, you can take away some of the real good things uh, that our denomination has to offer. So he was, yeah, he was quite well known as a speaker and people wanted to hear him. And he got... Uh, a couple of jobs, but he ended up taking a job at the 13th Street Presbyterian Church, uh, which was a really uh, affluent church, and he was getting really great pay, and people were coming to, to see him preach, and the church was, was slowly growing uh, in that kind of upper middle class area. And he, before he took the job, he had an agreement with the leaders of that church that they would do gospel work amongst the unchurched and the unsaved. And um, <laughs> I don't think they took him quite seriously, or maybe they didn't understand that he would actually be a man of his word and do that. Um, so if we go to the next photo, we see uh, that A.B. Simpson actually was a man of his word, and he had a heart for the lost and the unreached. And so he went out to the docks, which were close by, and he shared the gospel with, with dock workers, with the poor, with immigrants. And here is a picture of... of uh, him with his Bible and a few others uh, working amongst the dock workers, sharing the gospel with them. And um, what was even more surprising and somewhat controversial is that he was really successful at outreach. And he came back to the 13th Street Presbyterian Church one week and asked them if they could take 100 Italian immigrants in as members of their congregation because they'd responded to the gospel and they were keen to be a part of their congregation. Now, that sounds super exciting, but it also, as a church leader, sounds really stressful. And um, it was the days where you, your tithe kind of paid for your pew. And it was very cultural Christianity. And so church growth, particularly from immigrants and the poor, wasn't a normal thing or even a desired thing in a lot of churches. And so 
with that disagreement between A.B. Simpson and the church leadership, they didn't want to take these 100 immigrants, so A.B. Simpson had to, to send them somewhere else, and that really broke his heart. So on that issue and a couple of others, A.B. Simpson left the church, and he started what he called the Gospel Tabernacle, and then a group of ministries. So he really said, I want to, I want to go to the unchurched and neglected masses, and I want to preach the gospel. So he started the gospel chapel. So we can go to the next photo. That's a photo of the gospel tabernacle, he called it. And that was open for anyone to come. And uh, so he also was part of a, a, a magazine called The Word, The Work, and The World, uh, which is now, we know that as the Alliance magazine. And he also started a mission training institute that we now know as Nyack Bible College. So if we go to the next photo, there's a photo of um, a graduating class from the mission training school. So that was actually the first Bible college planted in the United States of America. Uh, so that's a crazy fact. Uh, I didn't actually know that until I was doing this research. I knew it was one of the early ones, but most people say it was the first, at least in Northern America, but probably just the US. Um, <clears throat> so he was also involved in forming two societies. So he was doing a lot of work and very, very keen to tell people about Jesus. And he started the Christian Alliance and the Evangelical Missionary Alliance. And between them, they sent their first missionaries to the Congo. If we look at the next picture, this isn't actually the first ministries, missionaries, but this is um, a couple of groups on from there. They're still going for the Congo. That was their phrase, Congo for Jesus. And so they were sending missionaries to the Congo. Um, they lost a lot of missionaries in the Congo. Uh, A.B. Simpson called them seeds planted in the Congo. Sad stories there, but they sent their first missionaries. So then these two societies that were formed, the Christian Alliance and the Evangelical Missionary Alliance, they merged together as one in 1897 and they, call, they got called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. So that was the birth of the organisation that you are a part of. It wasn't a denomination. It was never started as a denomination. It was started as a society, a missionary society, a missionary movement. It was actually uh, interdenominational. So people from all different denominations who loved Jesus and who were evangelical, they grouped together and they sent missionaries and they did mission work locally and abroad. So you are really, though reluctantly, uh, A.B. Simpson agreed to turn it into a denomination because too many churches were planted through the missionaries. Um, you're actually a part of a, a missionary movement, a missionary society. We don't use that word much anymore. If you want to start a society these days, that feel really strange and sound really strange. But you're part of a missionary society. And I just want to look at some, some marks of CMA. What, what is the Christian Missionary Alliance marked by? First is Jesus as the prize, as the end goal. Jesus as the centre. Uh, many movements or societies have something other than Jesus at their core. What I really love about the CMA is that Jesus is at the core of what we do. And that was really made clear by Abby Simpson as he started to found it. He wrote a hymn called Jesus Only. Jesus Only is our message. Jesus Only, oh sorry, our theme shall be. We will lift up Jesus ever. Jesus only will we see. Jesus only, Jesus ever. Jesus all in all we sing. Saviour, sanctifier, healer, 
glorious Lord and coming King. See, A.B. Simpson met Jesus and that found a flame in him, a desire to know Jesus more and more. And this desire was just grew and grew throughout his, his, uh, his ministries. And he really aligned himself and worked with people who had that same passion, first and foremost for Jesus. He really had an experience of, of Jesus' presence. And one of my favourite quotes from A.B. was he said, I have seen Jesus and my heart is dead to all beside. I have seen Jesus and my wants are all supplied. I have seen Jesus and my heart is satisfied. Satisfied with Jesus. <laughs> so satisfied with all that Jesus is. And this desire really shaped this movement that you're a part of. This desire for Jesus shaped it. Mission work wasn't done primarily out of a love for people, a love to win the people of the world. But it, the mission work of the CMA was born out of a desire to have Jesus as our prize. And that really anchors it and that really keeps things in perspective and, and has helped it to go through the good times and the bad. During a sermon on Philippians 3, Simpson said, There is a great deal of strain today after many things. Temporal and societal ambitions, success, fame, and even extraordinary religious experience. But Paul's supreme desire was to win Christ. What soberness, sanity, and simplicity this will give to all our spiritual exercises and outreachings to make Jesus the object of all our desires. How good is that? Today I really, I struggled to put this together because I wanted all of us, including myself, I wanted us to have a real desire for mission and an excitement for mission. And then I realised that's something that I can't sell to you. That's something I can't create in me. It's something I can't create in you. And it got me thinking how... How can we get a heart for mission? How can we get a heart for the unreached, for the lost, for the unchurched, the unsaved, those who don't know Jesus? And it became clearer and clearer through my study of of Simpson's life, but also my study of the Word, that if we want a heart for mission, we have to first desire Jesus above all. And it's when we go into his presence and we press into him and we, like Paul said, we desire to gain him as our prize, that's when we also gain his mission. That's when we also gain his heart for ministry. The heart for the lost comes from the heart of Jesus who came to seek and save the lost. It's time in his presence. It's desire for him alone that fans the flame of mission in us. Simpson said it like this, No task will seem trying, no sinner unattractive, to those whose heart has been thus possessed with the Saviour's heart of love. A heart of love for the lost, one that lasts the distance, comes out of the desire to have Jesus as our prize, our treasure. To desire him above everything else and to be fully satisfied in him. So that's the first mark, is Jesus at the centre. 
A, seven, a second mark of the Christian Missionary Alliance is that it's for all people. A.B. Simpson was great at getting everyone involved. He wanted every believer to be on mission. He wanted all believers to be on mission. And you can see from the photos the different colours of people, the different genders of people. He sent all sorts on mission. He didn't really mind who. If you love Jesus and you want to tell others about Jesus, he was willing to train you and send you. And it was really... Before his time, he was doing this, putting together a diverse team because he knew that the mission of saving the lost, of seeking the saving the lost, was a mission for all believers. It was also a mission to all people. Simpson really started in the CMA a desire for all people to know Jesus. It's funny, it... There was so much division. New York City at that time, in the late 1800s, there was so many classes. There was so much immigration. But A.B. Simpson demanded free seats at any event where he spoke the gospel. And if people didn't feel welcome or able to come, he let everyone know while he was preaching the gospel that that wasn't okay. He really just had a desire for all people to meet Jesus, this Jesus that he so desired and so loved and was so satisfied in. He had a desire for all the nations. Um, he, didn't, he didn't care what nation. If someone or a group of people had never heard the gospel, the mission organisation that he founded focused on that group and really focused on getting the, the, the message of Jesus to them. So that's the second mark. It was for all people. Everyone was involved and he went to all people. It's also marked by sacrifice. It's, it's hard to be excited about mission. It's even harder to be excited when you understand that it's going to cost. In Growing up in the CMA, I've spoken to so many missionaries when they, they come back for a break from, from their, their mission field or they come back after a long stint or every one of them is sacrificed. In sending miss, missionaries, there's sacrifice. There was all-night prayer meetings. Simpson organised all-night prayer meetings, all-week prayer meetings. People gave their money, they gave their jewellery, even their wedding rings and they also gave their lives um, there's been many lives lost on the mission field from CMA missionaries. Uh, if we can go to the next slide, there's, um, some of you will know of the Boxer Rebellion in China. Uh, this is really late 1800s, so 1899 to 91, uh, 1901, sorry, at some point. Uh, here are a few of the uh, missionaries that, that got out uh, of China. Uh, they were actually, these ones were near Mongolia. They, they made it out of China. And the CMA, I think, lost about 36 or 37 missionaries during that time, uh, during a few years in China. They, they sacrificed themselves for the sake of the gospel. They paid a great price. Also in the Vietnam War, if we go to the next slide, here's a picture of um, a couple of soldiers uh, just taking a moment of silence 
uh, next to the grave of a, of a missionary, a CMA missionary. Um, we lost a few in, in the Vietnam War, during the Vietnam War. There's a lot of Vietnamese churches. There's a Vietnamese church that meets here this afternoon. Uh, the CMA has lots of Vietnamese churches because there was a sacrifice that we paid the cost to, to reach the Vietnamese people. Um, and also in World War II, we lost a few missionaries in, in the chaos of World War II. And uh, there's always a sacrifice for mission. Um, the senders, us who stay behind and send, we pay a price. And those who go pay a price. But when Jesus is our prize, when he is our desire, it really is worth it. Um, so there are three of the marks of, of the CMA that I found looking over the history of the CMA. has Jesus at the centre as its prize. It's for all people. Everyone gets involved and it's to all people. And it's marked by sacrifice. And so this morning, as you pray, as you set aside time to pray, um, and as you, you learn of our, our missionaries, and as you're encouraged to give, we don't want to put a burden on you to give. We don't want to bother you to give to mission but my challenge is that if you're not willing to sacrifice your time in prayer or your finances in support then maybe we need to really have a look at how much we desire Jesus and how much we're satisfied in him because that's what our saviour is about our saviour is about saving he's about seeking and saving the lost so hopefully that's encouraging and informative for you guys um I know that I'm more excited now after doing that. I'm more excited about the CMA and our mission.